0: Welcome to Nutrition Factors, the podcast about the link between nutrition and your health. We talk to leaders in the field of nutrition and look into the science behind how nutrients affect your health. Hello and welcome to this first episode of Nutrition Factors. This is a new podcast sponsored by Ulan Nutritional Systems, looking at the link between nutrition and health. And as our guest today on our first episode, we have Jackie Furlong, and Jackie is a nutrition coach. And Jackie, would you tell us a little more about you, where you practice, and why you got interested in nutrition and started using it in your
1: practice? Okay, so um, my husband's a chiropractor, and we started our practice um, 34 years ago. And we were um, a booming chiropractic for like 20 some years. But what my husband and the other practitioners started finding were the patients weren't holding adjustments. They weren't healing as quickly and people were just remaining chronic. And so in doing a little research, um, he realized uh, nutrition was a huge missing piece. So in searching for a nutrition program we could bring into our clinic, he found the nutrition response testing. He uh, spent several years training in that, and that just changed things dramatically for our patients. Patients started healing quicker, getting better results, and actually our practice today is 80% nutrition response testing. So what we, he did realize is as successful as a nutrition response testing was in, in identifying malnutrition and sources of toxins in the body and getting those all cleaned up um, with hopeless nutrition, you still couldn't out supplement a bad diet. And so our patients that were diligently following a healthy diet along with this, um, were doing quite well. A large majority of people just were not, um, were really struggling with the diet piece of it. And what we discovered is people have been fed a lot of wrong information over the years. And so people didn't even know what healthy eating was. Mm. They thought it was low fat. Um, They thought it was these diet foods. And so so what we realized is we really needed to teach them the correct nutrition information. But not only that, you teach people the information, then you have to teach them how to apply it because every person is different. And for their condition, for their lifestyle, and then you have to hold them accountable. And so practitioners just did not have that amount of time during the nutrition check doing what they were trained to do and provide nutrition, education, accountability, and application for the patients. So being trained as a nutrition coach, that spurred me to become trained as a nutrition coach. And I developed a nutrition coaching program for our clinic where we could work specifically on this with our patients. And we have just gotten huge success. Our patients are getting better quicker um, because it really matters, you know, what you put in your mouth, what you eat and drink. That's how we started that program. And that was about seven years ago. Fantastic. Now let's get a little
0: bit of this education from you. Okay. We hear an awful lot today about nutrients and the need for nutrients. Yes. So what exactly is this thing called a nutrient?
1: Okay, good question. Uh, nutrients are basically the compounds found in foods that provide our bodies with everything we need to survive. So they provide us with what we need for energy, growing, healing, and function. So um, nutrients are really important. I I think we've totally gotten... Um, off base on why we eat, you know, we obviously eat for pleasure and, um, and that's really a good thing to do because healthy food can be really, um, uh, take good tasting, but we really primarily need it for our nutrients. And with the processed foods out there, they're so devoid of nutrients. And if people, I I like to tell people, think about if you're just eating for pleasure and to feel full, think if you just ate a cardboard box. You know, you definitely get full from a cardboard box and maybe you could put some stuff on it, you know, some sugar and whipping cream and whatever you find is really um, tasty and you would just eat that. Do you think your body would survive? I think most people realize that um, you wouldn't, (laughs) your body would die. And so that's where the nutrients come in place. Very, very important. All right. So what's the difference
0: between a macronutrient and a micronutrient?
1: The difference between macro and micro, macro is large, micro is small. And I think you hear this used more with e- the essential macronutrients and micronutrients. So uh, the three essential, well, first of all, let me tell you what the essential portion means. That essential is what are, is required for our bodies to function, and but our bodies don't produce it. So we have to get it through the foods we eat. So the three essential macronutrients are protein, carbohydrates, and fats. And it's really important we get all three of those and also in balance. And that's something we talk about in our nutrition coaching sessions because that has to do with healthy blood sugar levels. But proteins would be your meat, fish, seafood, Carbohydrates would be, of course, your vegetables and then grains, um, you know, rice, wheat, things like that. And then your fats. Obviously, we know what fats are, but um, it's really important. They're healthy fats. Mm-hmm. And that's also something we, we talk about because people have been very misled on what is considered. They've been marketed with a healthy fat, which really is destroying our health. So there, again, a lot of incorrect information that's been marketed to us. Okay. Oh, I, and then uh, I sorry I missed the essential micronutrients would be the vitamins, the minerals, and water. Good.
0: And how do nutrients impact our immune system? Why are they important? For we hear a lot suddenly because of this whole pandemic. Yes, there's been a lot of attention all of a sudden on nutrition simply because suddenly there's something that you can't just fix with a jab or a pill. And now, you know, even the CDC is saying, well, it depends on, on the strength of your immune system. So how do these nutrients impact our immune system?
1: Well, I agree with you. It's been actually very exciting to hear that the word immune system is now more common because we've been trying to teach people about their immune system for years. And I think people are now understanding that, especially with the pandemic, that they couldn't get a quick fix and actually all comes back to the strength of your immune system. So I like to tell people to think of your immune system as like a a guard that is equipped with say, body armor and defensive tools for your body. So it's always trying to protect you against foreign invaders. So foreign invaders would be like all the pathogens, bad bacteria, viruses, which is obviously (laughs) very um, well-known today but also parasites and fungus. It could also be toxic chemicals. Um, things we're breathing through environment, toxic chemicals we're getting in our foods and heavy metals. So our, body, our so our immune system is trying to protect us against all that. But you say, how come some people have a strong immune system? Some people don't. Or how come some people sometimes have a strong immune system and then all of a sudden it'll get weakened and they'll, they'll get a virus. They'll get sick. So to me, it it all depends on the nutrients. So the nutrients are building your armor. So think of that. And so if you eat a really healthy meal um, today, I mean, how much your armor are you gonna build? So, I mean, that's like a good start, but it's over time like everything else. So some people have real thin armors and they have maybe broken down tools that haven't been maintained, um, haven't been replaced. And those people get sick easier and people who have strengthened the immune system. So they've been eating, you know, nutritious food, exercising, getting good sleep, everything they're supposed to do to stay healthy over a long period of time, that builds their armor stronger and their tools are stronger. And those people are able to fight these foreign invaders. And so um, the key thing with nutrients is they help build that armor and your, your tools to, you know, immune system to protect your body. Excellent.
0: So I saw a stat the other day that almost 50% of Americans over the age of 55 are overweight and have at least one metabolic disorder. So first of all, what is a metabolic disorder and how does that affect our health and, and can we do anything about it with nutrition? Okay,
1: good question. Mm -hmm. Uh, So a metabolic disorder is when some of your organs, um, say it's like your liver or pancreas, are not functioning normally. And with that, they start becoming diseased. So say um, diabetes is one of the most common metabolic disorders among overweight individuals. So when a person has um, one or more metabolic disorders, their body becomes very inflamed. So that means everything, including the organs. So then the organs aren't working um, optimally. So um, we always hear about how we need to have um, enzymes in our digestive system to break down food so um, the nutrients can be absorbed into our body and used. Well, our organs all also have enzymes they need to produce to be able to um, use those nutrients. But if they're inflamed and they're not working optimally, they won't be able to absorb the nutrients. So that is one of the reasons that um, any of these metabolic disorders affect your absorption of nutrients. And even if you're eating them, if you don't absorb them, they can't help you. Okay. Okay. So
0: if we look back a hundred years ago, this was not the
1: case in America, right? No, not at all. (laughs) So So what happened? Okay. So, um, well, mainly America shifted from eating whole foods to processed foods. And think of back to, you know, like our grandparents, many of the people here might have to go back to their great grandparents, the, the younger generation, they were, they were um, growing their own food. They were farming. Everything was naturally free range, grass fed, organic. And, and so they were eating real, they were eating living food, full of nutrients and, and not processed. And so we shifted to processed foods. And I think through world war one and world war two, we, you know, had a lot of um, short shortage of foods. And I think it was harder. um, It was a lot of women and children left here while the men were at war. So it was harder for them to farm. It was harder for them, you know, just the food supply was short in America. And so they started um, creating foods that one could um, last long on your shelf and didn't require refrigeration. I mean, back then they had ice boxes, you know, it was like we know, you know, they had to put chunks of ice in there to keep it cold. So keeping food, food's cold and for a long time um, was very limited. So they came up with great food, well, great ideas to keep food sitting on your shelf forever. So, I mean, when you're starving, that's a good thing. (laughs) But um, over time, think of foods that sit on your shelf for a long time and don't go bad. There's a reason they're full of preservatives, chemicals. They're not living foods. And our body, if we wanna be living, we need to eat living foods. So, I, mean, I just laugh when I'm in the 60s when TV dinners came out, fruit loops and powdered milk and Velveeta cheese. And I know my mom was thrilled because she, you know, it would take her all day to um, cook a pot of spaghetti sauce. So, life became easier for them. I mean, this was not good food. It's just grown since then. As processed foods have grown, We've noticed the rise of illnesses, diseases, you know, I mean cancers, heart disease, all this has continued to rise with it. And that's because we're missing nutrition in our food. Great, thank you. So as a parent,
0: as you say, you know, it became easier for mums, mm-hmm. but now a lot of the mums are working as well. So what can parents do to still have it not be so hard. We don't want to necessarily go back to living like our great grandmothers did Mm -hmm. and cooking all day long. But is there a way we can kind of have the best of both worlds and how can we teach our kids about what is healthy and and what they should be eating and what is good food?
1: Okay. Well, first of all, I think um, that's the best gift you can give your child is to teach them um, how to eat, eat healthy, from a young age, because kids really absorb and own information when they're young. And if they can start putting nutrients in their body, since they're young, think of the armor that they are building their immune system, they are building a lifelong immune system. So that's the greatest gift you could give your kids. First of all, one of the things is teach them what real foods are. And most adults, most of our New patients, they don't know what real foods are. So one of the things we tell them, and everyone seems to love this, is does it have a root or a parent? It's a really simple question when you're looking at a piece of food and you're going, okay, you look at a box of macaroni and cheese. Did this have a root or a parent? I'm not quite sure, and I don't know how long ago it had a root or a parent. That's the second question. So you look at a chicken McNugget from, say, McDonald's. And you go, well, okay, it's a chicken McNugget. It had a parent, you know, it came from a chicken. Um, this is real food. Well, the second question I like to ask is how long ago did it come from that parent? <laughs> if you're making a, a chicken breast at home or you're eating a chicken McNugget from say McDonald's, obviously the chicken breast that came directly from the, the chicken, not that long ago, no processing. But the Chicken McNugget went through quite a process to become what it is. And so even though it had a parent, it's, uh, it's been quite a while and like what's been done to it by the time you put it in your mouth. So, um, so that does it have a root or a parent is a great question to ask whether it's a real food. So then also um, from that point, get your kids involved. Um, have them help plan menus. Have them go grocery shopping with you teach them how to um, read labels, how to pick out healthy vegetables, healthy meats, what to look for. And this is all the stuff we teach in our nutrition coaching courses. And kids are, they will absorb this, they will own it. And and then have them help prep food. They can chop up vegetables or clean vegetables or um, um, get them involved. And what we find is they don't have all the hangups that us adults do, but they hold us accountable. And it is amazing how many kids will be like, mom, you're not supposed to be eating that. Is that a real food? And they (laughs) hold their parents accountable. And we hear this from our patients all the time. So those are some ways to get them engaged. That's fantastic. Thank you for that.
0: So here's my last question for you, Jackie. What is one easy step our listeners can take to improve their
1: nutrition and their health? So there's times where I realize that, wow, I just haven't been eating a lot of vegetables lately. And so what I do, um, one of my favorite things is to um, get a bunch of clean, organic vegetables, chop them all up and make a huge veggie tray, like you would bring to a party. And all the veggies you like, carrots, celery, broccoli, cauliflower, tomatoes, cucumbers, I'll just load it up. And I put that in the fridge. Because first of all, whenever I do that, me and my family, we just eat way more veggies. You grab them to munch on. You grab them to throw together a salad. They're already cleaned and, and chopped up. Um, you can make an easy stir fry. You can add vegetables to your dinner. But we eat way more vegetables. And I find I instantly feel better. It's just amazing your body will feel more energy, you'll feel clearer thinking, and our bodies really do love nutrients. And veggies are just one source of a lot of nutrients. And so um, start adding veggies to your daily diet and and eat more real foods. Now, one point I wanna point out with um, eating vegetables is again, years ago with the low fat craze, you know, we knew we had to eat vegetables, but we all ate them, you know, dry, no butter, no fat, you know, no salt. And you know, veggies can be good, but they are so much better with fat and um, some good um, high mineral sea salt. Sea sea salt is really good for you. It gives you a lot of those minerals. Remember that essential micronutrients, we need minerals. None of the processed salt, table salt that most people are used to, but sea salt. But what's really important about putting fat on your vegetables is there are a number of vitamins that are only fat soluble. So vitamin A, D, E, and K are fat soluble vitamins. And you get those in your foods and in your vegetables. But if you eat them with no fat, your body doesn't absorb those vitamins. So you're missing out. And so I always recommend having like a a good healthy dip with healthy fats, you can make it yourself, or you can look for something at the store to dip your vegetables in. A lot of people find they like it better that way, but more importantly, you're getting the fat so you can absorb the fat-soluble vitamins. Or if it's cooked vegetables, they're great with grass-fed butter and sea salt. Um, So another way to get those fat-soluble vitamins and get your veggies. Excellent. So much good data.
0: Thank you very much, Jackie, and thank you for taking the time to talk with us today. And thank you for listening to our first episode of Nutrition Factors podcast, sponsored by Ulan Nutritional Systems. And we'll see you next week.
1: Thank you, Sally.
0: You've been listening to Nutrition Factors, a podcast about the link between nutrition and your health, sponsored by Yulin Nutritional Systems.